Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Larry Fitzgerald speaks, but did he say anything? Kyla Murray has done a lot of speaking this week. There was a familiar theme across all the platforms he appeared on. And we'll get into Super Bowl 55, looking at the game from a Cardinals perspective. Just how far away are the Cardinals from playing in the final game? Or are they not that far away at all? It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 391, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So, full disclosure, I fell for it, albeit briefly. Earlier this week, MJ, a headline on NFL.com read, Fitz wants to play in 2021. Those six words certainly caught my attention. Then I read the remaining words and saw the word Miami. Yes, it was an article about Brian Fitzpatrick, not Larry Fitzgerald. So, a tip of the cap to NFL.com. Not sure how many else saw and thought the same thing, but yeah, Fitzpatrick wants to play. We're still waiting on Fitzgerald. Yeah, and if you've listened to our podcast over the last three weeks, we've mentioned to you that Larry's going to take more time probably than he has in the past. Um, Larry does have some opportunities uh, with a couple different networks. He also was on the Nick Faldo or excuse me, Fred Couples podcast on Sirius the day or the night before the uh, Pro-Am, which he was at. And, um, you know, obviously they probably asked Larry five different ways. Are you coming back? Maybe you made a decision. How are you feeling? And, uh, again, uh, he's not going to give you anything. So r- really is nothing new. Um, but we've been telling you for the last three weeks, just based on conversations I've had with him, um, that that's where he's at. And I don't know. And he was very complimentary of Kyler Murray, uh, complimentary of where this team can go. Now he's he's catching greatness, and the only reason he would come back is to get to the postseason. So, you know, and, and they didn't make any wholesale changes when it came to the staff. I mean, yes, you're going to have changes every year. They did bring a new wide receivers coach, and he's a former player. Um, he was a really good player. He actually appeared in two Super Bowl, Sean Jefferson. So they're hoping to get more production out of those guys. But um, he's excited what this future looks like. And I think we all are when you start talking about year number three with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Again, being in the same system. We talked about stability last year going into training camp. And I think they showed flashes of that. They've got to be more consistent. So, you know, I don't know how long this is going to drag out. I, Craig, between you and I, I don't ask him. And we've seen over the past half dozen years, sometimes it's middle of January, sometimes it's middle of February. There is this thought that the longer it takes going into late February, perhaps that is an inclination that Fitz is more apt to say, hey, I want to come back in 2021 for that 18th season. Only thing I'll say, though, and and the Cardinals obviously, uh, you know, between – the pro personnel department and the college scouting department, that would be Adrian Wilson on the pro side, Quentin Harris and Drew Grigson on the, on the college scouting is, you know, we know the cap's going down. It could go to 180 um, instead of 175. 
Cardinals need to know what their salary cap's going to look like. So when you're when you're when you're, you're looking at this pie, you have so many slices, and you know depending on Larry decides to come back, you know what's the salary. So I think at some point, um, and he, he's told uh, Cliff told us at the last press conference he's going to take some time off, and Cliff was 100% accurate. Now what's the deadline to where the organization wants to know? Are they going to give him now? I don't think this thing will linger till January. I'm sorry, July. I, I would think at some point we're going to have now with the off season being very similar to last year, um, you know, again, I I'm just curious from an organization standpoint, at what point do they need to know? And I think that's the key right there is that March 17th, the new league year begins. And that is when the expected salary cap is going to be announced. There are several teams that are kind of, you mentioned it, 180, 175. Is it somewhere in between? And those $5 million from 175 to 180 could be huge. I mean, that's maybe one player. Maybe that's a couple of players. So I think by March, you would have to have an answer. And I don't think Fitz is one of these guys that wants it to linger or hurt the organization say, you know what, I just don't know yet. Well, by March, that's two full months. And remember, he didn't play at the end of the season. He missed that game in Los Angeles. So whether or not he's thought about it, he mentioned at the Pro-Am, the Waste Management Phoenix Open earlier this week, that he hasn't given any thoughts. I'm not sure I believe that aspect. Um, but we've always said, if you start thinking about it, now maybe this is more in-season, but once you start thinking about it, then you've already got one foot, maybe a foot and a half saying, you know what, it's time for me to call it quits. Yeah, you know, you know, we're early into February. And like I said, there'll be no announcement over the weekend. Just Larry's not going to trump the Super Bowl. He, he'll be there with Westwood One doing some uh, radio. Um, he could be making a couple of appearances on some of the networks if he's, you know, when he arrives in Tampa. Um, so I, I do think probably this month, and that's just me guessing. I mean, I, I have no target date. I, I don't have any expectations, but just push come to shove. I think they need to know, and then he has to make a decision. Because mind-wise, you, you, you obviously have to get ready. Now, again, Larry's, this will be, what, his 18 training camp? So he, or off-season, so he knows how to take care of his body. And he, he actually, uh, I think it was Cam Cameron Cox, um, he got a chance to talk to him from channel 12 and he asked Larry how he's feeling. He said, I really feel good. Actually. I talked to Tom Reed yesterday. Who's the head of the trainer uh, guru guy at the Cardinals. And he said, you know, cause Larry's been playing golf in Florida, but he said it was really the first time that, you know, so that injury did linger um, into the off season, but that's good to hear that he's feeling better. Cause now, as you pointed out, we're one month past the season season on January's, second or third um and here we are in february on the third or fourth so yeah it's been a month and usually players take about four to six weeks off maybe veteran players longer but the younger guys they they want to get back to the lifting weights and staying in condition but again that usually happens everything after the super bowl if not the next couple of weeks yeah Vitz played it very close to the vest as we all anticipated at the pro-am earlier this week during the round it was quote I'm just playing golf right now that's all I'm worried about after his round he said no timeline I'm just taking it day by day now you referenced the interview he did or he joined Fred Couples on Sirius XM's the Fred Couples show and the only reason and you've been on this since day one about why Fitz would continue playing because it's the only thing left on his resume, quote, 
I have a desire to continue to play and chase greatness. The only reason you play is to win a championship, and that would be the only reason that I would be participating, end quote. And I know the question keeps getting asked every year. One, is that here in Arizona? And two, could he go elsewhere? Well, he's never going anywhere else. And yeah, we'd all love to see him win that championship, and maybe there's a better opportunity elsewhere, but that's just not who he is. We'd all love to see that resume filled so there'd be no holes whatsoever. But it's not going to define Larry Fitzgerald, much like it doesn't define a Charles Barkley or a Steve Nash. Whether or not you win that championship, what did you do as an individual player, both on and off the field? And I find no holes in Larry Fitzgerald, the player or the person. No, uh, and. And again, I'm not biased here. I mean, the numbers reflected, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame. You know, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find out the inductions uh, this weekend. And and I think Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson are locks. And then you hear about Calvin Johnson and put up big numbers, played nine years. Um, you know, Gail Sayers and um, Jim Brown, they didn't play a ton of, to- a ton of years. So I don't. It's what you did, but I I I think that um, we could see a wide receiver get in this year, and that hopefully it's it's um, Reggie Wayne, you know, or a guy like um, Tory Holt. Holt. Yeah, yeah. These guys have been waiting. I mean, Andre Reed had to wait. Art Monk had to wait. Chris Carter had to wait. And nothing against Calvin Johnson. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't want to digress, but I did want to bring up. Um, that Larry is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, that announcement coming the night before the Super Bowl during the NFL Honors, the league's award show held the night before the Super Bowl, and that is always something fun. And there is a Cardinals connection to that. But uh, I'll let you finish uh, your thought, MJ, as far as where we stand right now here. And this is February 4th, Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. No decision yet from one Larry Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, and, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, I, I thought he was leaning with retirement just from a standpoint of, um, you know, again, we know that he didn't catch a ton of passes. I don't think he, he, he's, he's got so many passes. It's about winning. Um, but I did think they phased him out a little bit. And uh, we know he's productive. Now, does he get separation? He hasn't gotten separation for the last couple of years. Some people say moving the tight end because you want Christian Kirk to be in the slot or Andy Isabella. Um, but I, I, I just think, you know, it's hard to walk away uh, with the COVID and missing that last game. Now, he, 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 that's not going to dictate his decision, I don't think, because body of work, you know, it's, it, you can come back next year and team gets off to a rough start and you start second-guessing yourself. But once he put, once he makes that commitment, he's all in. But I, I agree with you, and we just need to reiterate, um, he's not going to play for anybody else. I'm, I mean, if he still hasn't made his decision by March 17th, it wouldn't surprise me if a team reaches out to him. He's a great leader, um, you know. But that's not going to. Ha- I mean, he's got one guy to negotiate with, and that's the owner. <clears throat> and the reason why his former agent, uh, the late Eugene Parker. Uh, represented Larry and he really never talked to the media. So, you know, it's really going to be Larry and Michael having that conversation. So, um, but I, as I told you, when I started, uh, you know, having a conversation with them, he kept using the word, we, you know, looking, I want to see what the roster is going to look like. Now that's after free agency. 
Uh, I don't think he's too concerned about the draft because he knows it's going to take time for those guys. But so we'll, we'll see. But um, right now, I, I think it's 50-50. But at the end of the year, I thought, uh, I think it is a strong possibility. Now, I think he's weighing his options. I wouldn't be surprised either way at this point. Yeah, it's certainly going to be uh, one of those decisions that we all anxiously await. And we will continue to wait whenever number 11 decides to say for certain whether there will be an 18th season or not with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and, you know, we'll get into this after the Super Bowl and we start getting into mock drafts and free agency and, you know, who are the Cardinals' uh, top free agents. And Patrick Peterson is going to be in the same boat, but the Cardinals will dictate what he's going to do. Uh, Larry's going to dictate what he wants to do. So, the, you know, Patrick Peterson for the first time um, is going to be a free agent. And, uh, you know, I'm sure his phone's going to be ringing on March 17th. And we'll get into this next week in depth. But I think him and Hassan Reddick, if I had a guess, Cardinals feel like, all right, this is what we want to offer. But you guys go out and find what you're worth. And we'll see if both guys give them an opportunity to match. Uh, we know that both guys want to be here, but also the agents in the year. Um, and, you know, is it going to come down to a one-year deal, two-year deal? Maybe Reddick's looking for a three-year deal. You know how I feel about Reddick? Do it again. So we'll get into that stuff next week, but this it's going to be a big off season with name players. You're talking about a guy, Patrick Peterson, that was, you know, um, what, eight Pro Bowls, Craig? Yes, the first eight seasons of his Cardinals career, yes. And we all can see the same thing. Uh, he hasn't been the same guy since he's come back from the suspension. He's shown flashes, and uh, he's kind of admitted that being a cover corner, uh, if you're going to play a man-to-man and they're going to run that – crossing routes and slants he said you know I got to get better at that he's going to work on and that's footwork but I don't know if you can get that first step back that he had but he's still the best cornerback on the roster so it's, it's going to be really interesting Marcus Golden Kelvin Beecham so I'm looking forward to getting into that over the next couple of weeks some big decisions ahead for the Cardinals and a big decision right now for the Bird Gang. As we touched down earlier, the 10th annual NFL Honors comes this Saturday night and the Cardinals are up for clutch performance play of the year. We've talked about the Hail Murray quite often here on Cardinals Cover 2. No question the play of the year for the Cardinals, but was it the clutch performance play of the year? That's the question the NFL wants to know and is asking fans. So, Bird Gang, go to NFL.com slash voting slash play of the year. The Hail Murray is one of 38 plays, and the 2020 Bridgestone Clutch Performance Play of the Year will be announced during the 10th annual NFL Honors. Again, that's the league's awards show held the night before the Super Bowl. All right, speaking – And also ahead. the Hungriest Player of the Year award, which is Kyler Murray. Yes, and that is where we're going next because we have seen and heard a lot from QB1, and that is what we see a lot of the lead-up to the Super Bowl is players making different appearances. And here is the appearances that I have seen from Kyler over the past couple of days. The Rich Eisen Show, the Dan Patrick Show, the Pat McAfee Show, the Jim Rome Show, NFL Network, Fox Sports, and Pro Football Talk. I don't think I left anyone out. If I did, go ahead and let us know here on Cardinals Cover 2. But you brought it up, the Snickers' hungriest player of the year, and that went to Kyler Murray. So that was why he was on all these different shows to talk about that. And the chain that he was wearing around his neck valued at $60,000 
that he is now going to donate and props to him and Snickers, but donate to first responders here in Arizona. So that certainly was something that was talked about. But when you have a quarterback, the Cardinals quarterback on your show, there's going to be some other topics that get discussed. And there was a familiar theme throughout all of these interviews. And he mentioned quite a bit, MJ, about the little things and attention to detail. He wouldn't go into specifics, though the one part that he did bring up a lot was the number of penalties. And it does seem that, one, he's aware of what kept this team from making the postseason in 2020. And he focuses on doing the little things. Now, whether that's the little things during the week or the little things on game day, there wasn't much follow-up to those questions, but it is certainly something to follow up with when the next time we have a chance to talk with Kyler. Yeah. And, you know, the fact is that, you know, I, I think he's been humbled a little bit. And as I pointed out on the Red Sea report earlier in the week, um, you can see that it's not as easy as he possibly thought. Now, when I say that he knew, you know, when you go from high school to college, well, when you go from college and I know, you know, he played in big games and a lot of those guys are in the NFL, but it, it gets ratcheted up even more in the speed of the game. And we saw that in the first year he was trying to outrun defensive linemen and because of the angles they were taking, they were able to get to him. So I, I think he's been humble from a standpoint. You just can't step on the field with your athleticism and win football games to where you can get to 10 or 11 win seasons. So that's the next step. But I, 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 you could see that he knows you can't cut corners in the NFL. The, team, the other quarterback and the other team is working just as hard as you, uh, and you hope to, that we, you know, you can produce on game day. So I, I, I like the fact that he knows it's not about just stepping on the field. There's more to it. And that will go a long way in the development of him because you just can't rely on your athleticism. I mean, we look at Mar Lamar Jackson, uh, franchise quarterback, in my opinion, you got to give him some more weapons, but you know, um, you got, you got to get better though. And you got to keep working on your craft, but if he's willing to put the work in and it's not so much working out because we've never questioned the work ethic, it's more about watching film, diving in the film, recognizing defenses. And then obviously they'll always have some new plays in the playbook, but really figure out the playbook down in distance. So it's more of a mental uh, than physical for him. Off the field right now is the next step for Kyler Murray, something that Bertram Berry brought up on the Red Sea reports earlier this week. And I'm going to go back to something Kyler had to say. Well, first off, this, this one quote stood out, and this was the Pat McAfee show on Monday. Quote, we've got to get to the point where we do everything the right way. We don't take any stuff for granted. I think that'll change the narrative or feel around the organization. End quote. And I saw it and then I read it because Darren Urban posted it up on azcardinals.com. And I went back to what Murray had to say at the end of the season after losing to the Rams week 17. And he had this to say, quote, I think part of it is going through it, learning how to win and some other reasons that I don't care to break down right now, end quote. And that end of phrase, I don't care to break down right now. What is it? What is he seeing? What is he hearing that is keeping this team from taking the next step? Is it the penalties? Is it something else? Is it talent? Is it something else? Is it putting in the work during the week? 
It was just these little hints that we're getting from Kyler Murray and props to him for speaking up. But now it opens up the door for other questions because we all want to know. We weren't happy with how the season ended losing two in a row to an inferior and banged up Rams team, or excuse me, 49ers team, and then losing when Kyler Murray got hurt at the Rams. But there is something keeping this team or that kept this team from nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, that next step that we anticipated in year two that now we have to see in year three. Well, another thing we talked about earlier in the week on the Red Sea Report is that the fact that he knows how difficult it is to win week in and week out. He's not, they're not going 16 and 0. Um, but I, I think he's relegated to now. Um, you got to put the work in. And it's, again, it's not lifting weights. It's about getting with the receivers. Now, he's not going to come out and say, I need more weapons. They need, they need more weapons. That's, that's a fact. He, he won't say it publicly, but we can say it publicly. Yeah, I mean, I mean penalties, uh, we know they cut the sacks down. I think they're going to be more of a physical running team, uh, depending on what the line's going to look like, but that's the plan. Um, then the play action gets going. Um, but they need more weapons besides DeAndre Hopkins. And I, I haven't given up on Christian Kirk. I know he went through he had the injuries and then the COVID. Uh, it really affected him. It's a big year for him. We know about Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. I w- wouldn't surprise me if they added to that position. There's some young guys on the practice squad, JoJo Ward, uh, A.J. Richardson. Um, you know, Trent Shurfield's kind of been a special teams uh, guy, so – we know that fourth and fifth receiver or sixth receiver is going to have to be, uh, you know, play on teams. But, yeah, you got to get him more weapons. And, you know, Dan Arnold showed flashes. Um, you know, there were games that he stood out in some games. He took some penalties. I think he's uh, – I think the ceiling could be high for him. Uh, Max Williams obviously helps the factor there. But you got to get him some more weapons. And he's not going to come out and say that. But I, I think that's part of it. If this team wants to take the next step, you need more players. The penalty aspect is interesting because I kind of went down the rabbit hole earlier this week and looked, and we all know that the Cardinals have been tagged the most penalized team in 2020, and that's that's not debatable. They finished with 113 accepted penalties. That was number one. But if you look at the breakdown, and this was off of NFLPenalties.com, the Cardinals had the second most pre-snap penalties. They had 45 pre-snap penalties, 32 of which were false start penalties. That was the most in the league. So if you look at the 45 of the 113 total penalties accepted, that's almost 40% could be wiped off the board if you're mentally focused. We're talking, folks, pre-snap, not an effort, not a hold, not pass interference. Before the snap, that can't happen. Is that what Kyler Murray is talking about? Even if it's not, that's something that has to be addressed because whether it's a false start, delay a game, guys not getting off the field in time defensively, 12 men in a huddle, too many men on the field, that you can't have happen, especially late in the season. And too much of that we were seeing for the Arizona Cardinals. And I think Collar may have had four penalties. I think they all four were intentional grounding. A couple of delay of games because that gets called. Delay of games. Okay. That gets on the. I know he had at least four intentional groundings. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know that. 45? 45 pre snap penalties. And we always talk about 
pre-snap and post-snap. Pre-snap penalties are mental errors. You know, 12 guys in the huddle, okay? Well, the miscommunication on the sidelines. And I know it's it's stuff's happening in seconds. I get it. But you work on that stuff all week. It's going to happen. I mean, nobody's perfect. It happens around the league. Um, but if you just cut those down, and, you know, if, if D.J. Humphreys is going to hold a guy uh, to protect Kyler Murray, I'm, I'm okay with that. But it's the, the Mason Cole. He's snapping the ball. Four, four false starts. And four in back-to-back – two in back-to-back games. So he had four total there. And that he was had, the most of any center this season. Four false start penalties. Center. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and Justin Pugh has cut down on some of his penalties. Uh, again, there's going to be penalties. But the league, the league this year, the penalties were down. Holding was down. Penalties were down. But they weren't down for the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, the most pre-snap penalties, just to kind of give the Bird Gang an idea, the Eagles had 56. Wow. So 45 sounds like a lot. 56 is enormous, and we know the Eagles had their issues. But if you want to be a playoff team – you just – you have to be smart. Yeah. It's not the most talented team. It's the team that works well together and is the smartest pre-snap, post-snap. Yeah, and you would hope that, you know, with the coaching staff, and, and obviously the head coach has has a say, but, you know, some of, these, some of these coordinators and position coaches, there's got to be an accountability board for that. You know, mental errors – uh, you would get called out with Bruce Arians. Um, they would call you out in a meeting, uh, mental errors. So um, they just got to cut that down. But, you know, um, th- this team should have won 10 games in 2020. I mean, again, they're always going to have a dud game. We don't see it coming. We, I think you and I are in agreement in, in Carolina. Uh, you lose to Detroit, which is a winnable game. And then the other game that was shocking they lost was in New England, just the way Cam Newton was playing in that game. So, um, and, and we talked about getting better in the division two and four last year after two and oh start uh, winning more conference games, you know, taking care of business at home, scratching out some road wounds, which they did this year. So, but little things will add up. That's the point, Craig. And that's the phrasing that Murray used all week long, little things, attention to detail and certainly penalties. One of those little things that became a big thing for the Cardinals. And one of the other themes is he mentioned we got to get better. And again, that could be subtle. Getting better is either coming together, guys doing their job. Okay. Just do your job. Everyone does their job. I mean, to me, you know, I, I listen to Urban Meyer's press conference and he says, you know, I, I don't we don't I don't blame players. He said anybody playing the NFL, they're here for a reason. I blame the coaches if they don't get them ready. So they got to be coached and they got to get more discipline. And that's got to start with the head coach. By the way, we have referenced the Cardinals Red Sea Report a couple of times. And Berging, if you want to stay up to date on all of your favorite shows, you can get that on the go. Make sure you never miss an episode of Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, Cardinals Red Sea Report. And of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Just subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. That's got to be the B-train factor. <laughs> yes, it is. And also Jimmy Omohundro, who obviously is the producer of our show and all the platforms when it comes to podcasts, Underground, uh, The Big Red Rage. Uh, you know, you, you look at the, 
the Red Sea Report, Cards Cover 2. And, you know, obviously we play highlights, and so it's a little bit different format, but it's, it's, and it's on the radio on 620 every Tuesday throughout the entire year. So 11 o'clock on Tuesdays, you can also get it online. So uh, we do appreciate it. But yeah, we made a lot of reference to the Red Sea Report just based on, you know, things that were happening. And it's always good to get a player's perspective. We continue here on this Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's move forward. You talked about the Cardinals needing to get better. And with the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, how the Cardinals stack up against the Buccaneers and Chiefs. And if you want to throw in the Buffalo Bills and what they were able to do this season and the Green Bay Packers, the final four teams, just how far away are the Cardinals? Are they not that far away at all? But the one area that you brought up, I think at quarterback, Cardinals are fine. It's just now about learning how to be better. I think Murray's got the talent, the skill set of a Patrick Mahomes. He just doesn't have the intelligence, football IQ of a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers just yet. But you mentioned playmakers, and I think that is first and foremost on the offensive end where the Cardinals lack compared to the Buccaneers, Chiefs, Packers, Bills. Because you look at the playmakers that we'll see this Sunday, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Yes, I'll throw in the tight end position. Cardinals have one that you know of, DeAndre Hopkins. Then there's question marks. And when you look at the Chiefs and Buccaneers, there's two, three, four guys that they can count on. And right now, if you're the Cardinals, sorry, I'm going to look at one guy that I can count on every single week, and that's D-Hop. Yeah, um, there's a reason why, you know, they're playing in this game. Uh, obviously, you start with the quarterbacks, and, and I think you got to look at the head coaches. You know, I think the Bucks have a really good staff. I don't think Byron Leftwich gets enough credit, you know, before that play before the half. Um, you know, they were commending uh, the fact that uh, they put two more seconds on the clock and they, they, they recognize the coverage Brady did right from the get-go. And, and the announcers are saying, oh, what a gutsy call by Bruce Arians. No, that, that credit should go to Byron Leftwich. And Tom Brady for, for – Yeah, yeah. Making, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce's decision is to either punt or go for it, but Leftwich called the play. And, and he didn't get any credit. So I love, I really like the staff. Obviously, they were, a lot of those guys were here. Uh, they won 50 games in five years. The last couple of years, I think they got old and they try to hold, you know, they try to keep the band back together and it just didn't work out. But uh, Andy Reid, well coached. Steve Spagnola has beaten Tom Brady two times in the Super Bowl, running that NASCAR package. But if you just look at the skill position players, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, who's been injured, Nicole Hardman. Then you, you, I mean, they got some other guys. Then you throw in Travis Kelsey, and then you look at their running backs. You know, um, Le'Veon Bell's not a really featured back. They get, they got the rookie in there. Then you look at the tight end, Travis Kelsey, and then let's go to the Bucks. Um, their number one rider, wide receiver is Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, who Chris Godwin had, he's had seven drops in the postseason. He had six drops like over the last three years, and then you throw in Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski, Kareem uh, Cameron Bray. Those, I mean, we just didn't name one guy. So playmakers. And then we know the Chiefs don't have their starting left tackles. 
uh, I'm not going to quiz you and say who are the starting five for the Chiefs because it's not fair. We know who the starters are out, though. Eric Fisher and obviously Mitchell Schwartz. Um, and then you look at the Chiefs front line, Chris Jones, who they, they, they were able to retain and give yeah, them let, 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 Let's get to that because I think that's another important distinction that's the, the, the Cardinals need to look at, and that is the defensive line, whether it's the push up the middle or the edge rushers, getting to the quarterback, affecting, put it this way, affecting the quarterbacks. How do the Cardinals affect the quarterback? They have one guy, Chandler Jones, and he was hurt this year, was unfortunate. And big props to Vance Joseph for really scheming the players that he had at his disposal to get to the quarterbacks where they could get the number of sacks that they have. And 48 is no small number. In fact, that is top five, if I remember correctly. So, But you have to do, as opposed to scheming, who do you rely on? And with the Buccaneers, MJ, it's Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul. And for the Chiefs, it's Frank Clark, Chris Jones. They do it more up the middle as opposed to on the outside. But if you're the Cardinals this offseason, playmaker might be number one. Number two, how are you getting to the quarterback and knocking him off his spot? Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's nice to have that, that NASCAR package, but – Usually it's on third down and hopefully they're in a, um, you know, a passing situation, but if you can rush four and drop seven in the coverage, and that means your, your front four is getting pressure. You do stunts. They need more from Jordan Phillips. He's got to be healthy. I am intrigued with lucky Fotu and Richard Lawrence, but they're going to be in their second year. Um, obviously it's, you know, they got to get better and stronger. Um, but you got to get a difference maker in there. And we thought that was Jordan Phillips. So people aren't going to like this, but, um, you know, the Cardinals got the 16th overall pick. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they traded down considering they only have five picks. I think after maybe the top 11 players, I think you get the same player from 12 to 22. I really do. Uh, now it's a better preference and maybe they'll stick to the uh, best available player, but people aren't going to like this, but I, I I wouldn't be opposed to them drafting somebody in the trenches with that first round pick. Uh, we know running back is going to be a, a, a position they're going to target. Um, if Harris or, or Travis, um, Travis ETN is there, I think it's going to be a tough call. Even the, the Kylie um, Pitts uh, from Florida tight end, kind of a game changer. But I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to addressing the, uh, the trenches. Now you're going to say if they lose Patrick Peterson, um, corner is going to be an issue. So I think they're going to be in a good spot. But I think you get the same player from 12 to 22, maybe even 24. So it wouldn't surprise me if they move back and they can pick up an extra third-round pick and still get the same guy, maybe not position-wise, but somebody that's ranked very high on their board. So I understand the, the corner position if you don't retain Patrick, because there's a drop-off. But at the same time, I'm not opposed to addressing the trenches with that 16th overall pick or the first-round pick. Yeah, and it's also going to depend on what happens in free agency as well. What do they address there? What do they need to address in the draft? Because you've got any number of positions that need to be addressed, but as far as what stands out, I think we've talked about two of them. It's playmaker, edge rusher, and cornerback. Those would be the top three for me. Now it's just a matter of who's there at 16, or to your point, trade down, move down into the low 20s 
because if all of these quarterbacks, and I've seen a number of mock drafts, MJ, that we're looking at four, maybe five quarterbacks going in the top 12, top 15, that bodes well for the Cardinals as well because that will push down another maybe number two corner, number two wide receiver, number three wide receiver, or the best edge rusher down to 16. Or if the Cardinals feel that they can get more picks because they have more to address, then you have that option as well. So very interesting, and, and that's something that we'll have plenty of time to debate here as far as what direction the Cardinals need to go with respect to the draft because we all talk about the draft and sometimes free agency gets forgotten about a little bit. Everyone focuses on the draft, but keep in mind, free agency comes first. Yeah, and it was very similar last year. That's why Isaiah Simmons dropped. I mean, you had Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and then Derek Brown. I mean, for the most part, because some of those quarterbacks were taken off the board, between Justin Hoover and then Joe Burrow and then Tua, some guys dropped, and you could have had that same situation. I don't know how far they would go down, Craig, but again, um, by going down from 16 to 18, 20, 21, 20, you would get an extra third-round pick. And we know that they, um, you know, have a second-round pick. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, wide receiver, what are they doing free agency? I mean, I, I hear this Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Those guys are going to cost a lot of money, and you're paying Hop a lot of money. We'll see what happens with Fitz. If he comes back, what's his salary? Uh, you still got Christian Kirk and Andy and uh, Keyshawn on their rookie contract. So is wide receiver in play there? Because we, we just talked about, again, I think they got to get better in the trenches. Corner obviously is an issue, but they got to get more playmakers. We just talked about the playmakers, and it, we went down the list where when you go to the Cardinals, Hop, drop off. Goal is no, I shouldn't say that. Chase Edmonds, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm encouraged and I'm optimistic what he can do with this offense with more of a bigger role. And you can make a case, at least in some games, that he was your number two option when it came to catching footballs. I mean, yeah. he's very dynamic in the, out of the backfield. The question is just how much more can you expect out of him to make sure he is on the field and available each and every week. Yeah, and look what the Jason Light's done a nice job with that roster. I mean, they bring in Leonard Fournette, and, and you pointed out that guy's matured, and he's given him a lift. And so, you know, that would be, you know, the equivalent to Chase Edmonds. And I think he's obviously has more upside, more a bigger ceiling, just younger and more fluid. Um, but I, I, I should have mentioned Chase because it's not that daunting. And and again, Christian Kirk has the ability. It's about staying healthy. And, you know, taking that next step. But, you know, if Larry's going to be on the roster, is he your slot guy? A lot of people don't think he's an outside guy. And I think based on, you know, too small, didn't have the speed, Kyler and him have, have a connection on that deep ball. So I don't know if you can do it every down, um, but it would open up things for the guys underneath. Um, so it's not as daunting as we're making, making it. But when you start comparing them to the teams playing in the Super Bowl, and, and again, um, there's a reason why they're playing in the Super Bowl. We're, we're talking about, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback and a guy that if they win could be on a way to his dynasty. So it's it's but they put the work in and that's what the Cardinals have to do. Speaking of Super Bowl 55, Chiefs and Buccaneers coming up on Sunday. We know the number of Cardinal ties on both teams. In fact, Darren Urban on azcardinals.com looked at the number of Cardinal connections on Tampa Bay side. We know Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. There's 13 total coaches plus a handful of players 
On the other side, Tyron Matthew, Cardinal fan favorite, coming off the best season of his career, at least in terms of interceptions this season. But when you look at this matchup, and let's dissect it here before we close up shop this week here on Cardinals Cover 2. Buccaneers looking to do something that uh, very few teams have done, that is win every single game on the road and then luck as have it, they're at home for this game at Raymond James Stadium. And then you talked about the Chiefs trying to do something that no team has done since the Patriots in 2003, 2004, and that is go back to back. Yeah, you know, I got a chance to listen to Todd Bowles on Huddle and Flow with Steve Weish and uh, Jim Trotter. Great interview. I definitely recommend it. Uh, the fact that he was able to give him his about 45 to 50 minutes during the Super Bowl week. Now, Todd did mention, you know, they're able to go home at night so that they, you know, he said, I hope the players are responsible, but, you know, these young guys are excited to be in the Super Bowl. But he said it, it's, it's just like a normal week for him. He don't, besides the banners, and he said the media um, availability's picked up, but he said, MJ, we, we, we have a fan in attendance. Yeah. We, 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 Riley, I was trying to break down the Super Bowl over here. Anyways. <laughs> you, you mentioned Super Bowl, and Riley gets all excited. By the way, yeah. uh, for those new to Cardinals Cover 2, Riley, the, uh, the, mascot. The, the, the mascot of Cardinals Cover 2, MJ's yeah. dog joining us here on Cardinals Cover 2, an unannounced so, guest this week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, so what Todd said in that first game, he said this is the biggest thing to hit their concern with is that yards after catch, he said they have to do a much better job tackling. And what Tyreek Hill did in that first quarter, first half, he said he thought that the young corners, you know, um, you look at Davis. Uh, I don't know if Antoine Winfield is going to play. And then he throw in Bunting, Sean's Mur Sean Murphy Bunting. They're young. And he said that was their, their aha moment because in the locker room they were like, what just happened? You know, like we were rolling. And ever since that game, they've won. But he said it's going to be important to tackle in the open field. So he said, if we give up a five-yard uh, pass, we're going to have to tackle that guy. He said they have yards after catch and all those receivers. Cole Hardman, uh, Sammy Watkins, he's been injured a lot, and Tyreek Hill. And he said if they do a much better job tackling, he thinks they can keep things in front of them easier said than done. But you, you look at Todd Bulls' defense, they've gotten better over the over the season. Um, they're clicking. They got great leadership in JPP. Uh, Levante David, Devin White is he's a he's a hit seeking missile. And then you throw in Sue. Um, they got good coordinator over there. They got good position coaches in Kevin Ross and Nick Rapone. So they're they're built for this game. Um, it's going to be, you know, interesting. Is it going to be a shootout? You know, I hope it's not a blowout. I really hope it comes down to the fourth quarter. Five minutes to go, uh, either Mahomes or Brady takes the lead, and then somebody else is going to have to counter. That would be fascinating. Uh, I like the Chiefs in this game, though. I really do. I'm not saying that the Bucs can't win because I am dumb sitting here today to pick against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I know he's lost, you know, and but I'm – just I, I just like the Chiefs in this game, but I, like I said earlier about Larry, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks won just based on Todd Bowles' defense and their offense and Byron Leftwich is not getting enough credit. 
There is a lot to like with this Chiefs team and the offense because even if they're down two or three scores and a blink of an eye, they can score two, three, four touchdowns. There is no deficit that is too large for them to overcome. I think we've seen that all season. They played a lot of games close, a lot of one-possession games, and we've seen that, I think, throughout the league that you know one or two plays is the difference between a win and a loss. I certainly love to watch the Chiefs offensively, but I'm with you. I have a hard time betting against Tom Brady. Earlier this week, I heard him say that they thought that next year, the second year, they would be even better. Well, (laughs) you're on the doorstep here of of winning the championship in year one for Brady with Tampa Bay. And then just the, the story, it would be great. And then, of course, all the Cardinal connections and those coaches and players that we had a chance to cover for five years on an everyday basis would love to see them get the opportunity to say they are world champions as well and for Brady it would be number seven and of course that's just unheard of to begin with so if you're asking me to go with my head it's Kansas City if you're asking me to go with my heart it's Tampa Bay. Well I think when they say next year Craig they want to lock up the the one or two seat they're a five seed. They had to go on the road the entire playoffs and just worked out that they're hosting and it's never happened before. So that that's what I, they're thinking. Another year in the system, uh, they'll fine tune things. Uh, you know, some guys probably want to get paid. Uh, but when it comes to Evans and Godwin, uh, Gronk's probably year to year. But this is the first time in a long time he's played all 16 games. We know that he's, you know, really good in that locker room. But, yeah, they're a five seed, so it's, it's give them credit. Um, I know that Washington didn't have their starting quarterback, but, uh, that you know, Brady obviously played well in the second half there. Then they go to New Orleans and beat Drew Brees. Then they go to uh, Green Bay and knock off Aaron Rodgers. And if they knock off Patrick Mahomes, that's uh, – I don't know if that's murderer's row, but that's, that, that's impressive to beat Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers because all three of those guys – you could have made the claim would be playing in the Super Bowl. But a five seed, it's only happened a couple times. Cardinals were a four seed when they got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. I like the fact that we're sitting here and there is certainly a a big difference of opinion because there are many people that believe just talent-wise it's Kansas City, but then team-wise with the greatest quarterback ever to step on the field, how do you bet against that? So bottom line, hopefully it's a good game and then we'll recap it next week. Todd Bowles was asked what it's like going against Tom Brady. And he said, first of all, we know how good he is, but he said, he's just a great person. He interacts with everyone and he, he demands your, your best every practice. And he said, he's been so good for the locker room because guys, when they go against them, they, they know they're going against the greatest quarterback of all time. And he said, he's a better person off the field just as better as, uh, as a quarterback. So Todd was raving about his leadership being a first year on a team, but that, that, that position demands respect and leadership. And he brought that to the locker room. But the, he, he said, Todd said, Brady treats this, the janitor, the guy that opens the door, he treats everyone the same way, everyone. So you're, it's not too small and too big. And that goes a long way where he could have came in there and just, hey, this is – not my team, but he went in there and he made he made a point 
to introduce himself to every single guy. And I think it was Larry Foote was walking off the field with them. And, uh, you know, Todd, Todd looked over and like, did you ever think you'd have a conversation with Tom Brady walking off the field? He goes, never, never. And that's, and he, and he, he wanted to know all the coaches. So it's just not about what he does between the lines. He brought a lot of leadership and he brought a lot of accountability to where if I'm out here busting my ass, you have to do the same thing. They say not always one player makes the difference, but for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020, one player has made all the difference. And you can see it this Sunday when the Buccaneers play the Kansas City Chiefs. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. You go to that app right now or go to azcardinals.com right now. you get the latest on the Cardinals' newest signing, quarterback Cole McDonald, inked to a futures contract. The last word here, MJ, on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Kent Summers of azcentral.com announced earlier this week that he is scheduled for triple bypass surgery. Longtime writer, longtime beat writer for the Arizona Cardinals with nothing but the best for one Kent Summers. Yeah, I was surprised to hear the news. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to be taking some time off, but we're just praying for a speedy recovery. Uh, you know, I, I think it was good that he wrote that column for awareness. Um, Kent does like to hike and play a pickup basketball. And quickly the story was he was, he was in Utah where his family is and his wife's parents lived there and he was hiking and he felt a shortness of breath and he thought it was altitude. And then over the last, you know, couple of months, he started feeling, you know, short of breath and he obviously got checked out and now he's going to have triple bypass surgery. So if you're not feeling well and whether it's COVID or just chest pains or anything like that, make sure you get checked out, but he's in our thoughts and prayers and hopefully a speedy recovery because uh, I was shocked because I, I know that he works out and stuff like that. You just don't know. So it's always good to get checked out. Nothing but the best for Kent Summers. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.